Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. We tried. We tried. She was feeling it. So. <laughs> all right, we try. We try. At least we try. That's all that matters. All right. So I think that it's not coincidence that Mike decided to go on vacation given the passage for today. He's like, I'm not going to teach it. I'm just going to go on vacation, and I'm going to get Eric to teach it. Because we're talking about relationships. And not just dating relationships, but like relationship between people. All right, so I don't think it's coincidence that he chose to live during today. And as we're starting to read, you'll see why I think that's the case. But anyways, we're going to be in Colossians 3, chapter, I mean, Colossians 3, verse 17. All right, I'm going to pray, though, before we start. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the fact that we were able to come uh, to church and be able to listen from your word. Lord, I pray that we will be attentive to what you have to say and that we will be willing to do what you tell us to do, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so Colossians 3. Now, if you remember, the book of Colossians is about this idea of emptiness, right? You're talking of, you, you, when Paul wrote this book, he's dealing with a church, with people, with believers that are being persuaded to believe that Jesus is not enough, that Jesus cannot fully satisfy you, that Jesus is not the source of all that you need in order to be able to experience life in abundance. So Paul is going to write this later, and he's going to remind them that everything is about Jesus, that everything is about Jesus. And as he's dealing with this stuff, if you remember, I don't know if he taught this last week or the week before, he talked about how once you have a relationship with Jesus, once you realize that Jesus is enough, that there is abundance in Jesus, you're able now, you now have to change your old self, right? You're no longer this individual that is living a life in sin, that is, uh, has pride, is pursuing your desires, but now you have to pull your new self. It's kind of like you put in a new t-shirt, right? When you trust in Jesus, you get rid of that rock. Ugly, dirty shirt that you have probably had. You use a mission strip and you paint. It's dirty, right? You get rid of that one and you get a brand new Carhartt, right? I love Carhartt. You get a brand new Carhartt, right? That's kind of like the image here that happens when you trust Jesus. And so Paul is running this stuff. And then he says something that I think, I mean, is challenging. It's, stiff, it's, a, it's a high standard. He says this here in chapter 3, verse 17. He says, whatever you do. In word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father through him. I mean, I don't know if you really had read that verse and settled and just meditate on what it says, but that is a tough verse to read. I'm going to read it again because he is saying, he said, whatever you do, whatever you do, a small task, big task, in between tasks, whatever you do, whether you're saying it or doing it, do everything in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do and whatever you say, do it as if you're honoring God with that. And that is a pretty high standard. 
And when we, get to see, when we start reading the next few verses and we get to see how, how important these things are for relationship, for relation, you'll see that if we really want to honor God in everything that we say and in everything that we do, we have to consider these uh, rules for relationship. So in the passage, like I said, it's going to be chapter uh, 3, verse, verse 17. Now, for this idea of relationship, you know, we're humans. We've been created to be, we, we are crea- re- uh, crea- recreational. We are recreational sometimes. I mean, we are being created to be relational. That's the word, right? And I just saw this, uh, not this movie, I saw this trailer on a movie called I Care A Lot, I think. It's on Netflix. Has anybody seen it? No, okay. I saw the trailer, and in the trailer, the girl or the main actress says something that I thought was interesting. She says, in the world, there are two kinds of people. There are the predators and the prey, and the prey right? Kind of like, you know, dealing with the plot. But then I'm thinking through this, and I say, like, when it comes to relationships, there are two kinds of people. There are those that are in authority. And what I mean by authority is not necessarily a title. It's not like your boss. It's not like necessarily your parents. You'll see that there are instances in your life that there are people in you that have authority over you by, the means, by means of influence, by the way that they talk to you, how they can get you to do things. So relationship-wise, you see that sometimes you have those in authority, and you'll see that sometimes you'll have those that are under your authority, whether it is, you know, someone that you work that is under you or, not, or again, someone that you are influencing to. So I want to get that clear out so we are on the same page. So you'll see that in people there's relationship. I mean, like I said, from the very beginning, when God created the world, he looked at Adam and he said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. Here's a pure force that you can drop with the boys and have fun. Right? No, just kidding. He said, here's a, a, a lady so that you can hang, not hang out. Well, he's, he's, he's Eve. He's Eve, right? So <laughs> you, you, you figure out the rest. So I, I, so the very beginning, we are relational beings. Now, when we read this passage, we have a tendency that we, read, we see what it says, and we start to think. It's like, well, I'm not married, so this doesn't apply to me. Well, I am not a father or a mother yet, so this doesn't apply to me. I am not a master. I don't have slaves, so this doesn't apply to me. I am definitely not the slave of anybody, so this doesn't apply to me. And although I am a son or a daughter, I'm over everything, so this also doesn't apply to me. So we're quickly to dismiss these verses. But what I, want us to, what I want you guys to see is that even though there are specific things that Paul are writing to a specific category of people, There are principles here that you and I can learn and apply to when it comes to relationship with people. So that we can do so in that in everything that we say and in everything that we do when it comes to relationship, we can honor God. And so that's what I want us to see today. So let's jump in with the first one. Verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands. Mm. Jenny, submit to your husband as it's <laughs> fitting to the Lord. <laughs> Jenny's my wife. She didn't know Jenny. She doesn't, know, she doesn't read this verse. Anyways, uh, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. So the first thing you see here is uh, on relationship between husbands and wives, right? And the very things that he says here is that you ought, the husbands are to love the wives and the wives are to submit themselves to the Lord. So we'll go like this. Let me shoot 
this work. All right, so you have authority, right? In the Bible, for whatever reason, God designed that man to be the authority in the family, to be the authority at home. So you have, for the men, the way that God designed is that men will have the authority. So for the men, the authority is to uh, love his wife, right? And then for the wife, as someone that is under authority, it is to submit. But why is that? Why is that? Because you see here, if you think of people that you have authority over you, or maybe someone that has had authority over you, we can get used to those people. Like if I'm on authority, I have authority over some middle schoolers or authority over some leaders. I can get used to having them as leaders. And by getting used of having them as leaders, I am quickly I could quickly forget about them. I could get, quickly get used to them. I could quickly take them for granted to the point that when they have needs, needs, that when they need encouragement, that when they need someone to come alongside them, I am not even paying attention because I'm quickly to move away from that. The opposite here is that submit. We do not like to submit. We see this word and we look at it as if it's a negative thing. Submission. You think of the word submission and you think of like you being lesser than the person that you're submitting towards. You look at it as being an action of crime. You may look at it as being an aggressive thing being done to you. So when we think about submission, we look at it in a negative way. So when God is telling wives to submit to your husband, you see that the challenge is is like, I'm not really going to submit to my husband, right? But when it comes to relationship with people, think about your boss, think about your parents, think about whoever in your life that has authority over you. You may have a hard time submitting to them because you don't want them to think that you are not strong enough. You don't want them to think that you're capable. You don't want them to think that you're of less value because we have a misunderstanding on the word submit. If you think about the word submit, I think the best example of it is Jesus. Someone who was capable someone that was strong, someone that was God himself, and yet he humbled himself to the point that he became a man so that through those acts of becoming a man, he can go to the cross, die for our sin, and through the dying and resurrecting from the the dead, we can now experience eternal life. And you see his example on the cross as someone that submitted himself to the will of the Father. Submission, if we're smart, if we really understand what submission is, it's not that you're lesser than the individual. It's that you're trusting that the individual you're submitting under is someone that cares about you. It's someone that has your best interests at hand. So when Paul is writing to this letter to the family, to the parents, he's specifying to them two areas where they're more likely to have struggled with. For the husband, to not get use of their wives, to, be, to make sure that they love them, to make sure that they're gentle with them, to make sure that they treat them like a weaker, not like a weaker vessel just because they're weaker, but like they're to, just in general to be gentle with them. And to the, to the wives, to submit to them, to trust them. To know that the decisions that those in authority have over you, they're, they're going to have a decision over you. They're doing it because they care about you. So here's what I want you to do before we continue. If you have your phone, which I'm sure you do, or else I have questions, pull out your phone. If you bear with me and want to do this thing. And go to the uh, notes, notes session. Like go to your notes. If you have an iPhone, it's notes. If you don't have an iPhone, I don't know, you may need Jesus. I don't know why you wouldn't have an iPhone. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you, yeah, Android, yeah, rest in peace. I used to have Android, but yeah, then I became a Christian. Anyways, um, so, you, <laughs> so go here. Here's what I want you to do, to do. I want you to separate, if you can, I don't know how you could be able to do it, but if you can, do two different columns. Do a column where it says authority and do a column where it says under authority. And I'm going to give you a time where I want you to think about those people in your life. I want you to think about the people in your life that you have relationship with, that you come in contact with, whether it's your parents, whether it's your uh, professors at school, whether it's your boss, whether it's your friend that may have influence on or maybe someone that you have influence on, maybe your, uh, you know, if you have, you know, don't put your dog's name, but something, you know, someone that you have authority, that you have authority, that has authority over you or someone that you have authority over. And I want you to write it down because we're going to be going back to that list throughout the message. Let you guys think a little bit. I feel like if we were still playing that song, that girl will still be going right now. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> so, hopefully you at least have some people going. You can, if more people come to mind, feel free to keep adding. But I want you to look at that list. I want you to look at the people that you have that are, that you have authority over or that have authority over you Right, And I want you to see how you deal with them. Do you love them? If you have authority so we're, uh, on someone on that list, do you love them? When was the last time that those, those individuals felt loved by you, that you care for them, that you went out and showed them that you're there for them? What about those that have authority over you? If they look at you, would they, could they be able to say that you're someone that trusts them? That, you, that you're someone that you know that they have your best interests at hand. Because if you really want to go back to that verse in, in Colossians 3.17, if you really want to honor God in relationships in everything that you do and in everything that you say, you're going to have to learn to love those that are under you and submit under those that have authority over you. So the second thing we'll see here. We'll see in verse 20. Verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And then my favorite verse growing up was verse 21. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Let me ask you, how many of you guys use that verse on your parents? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, how did that go? That work well? Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much about the same with me. I tried to use that with my parents, and it didn't go well. So, now when it comes here, you see, you see that there are two things that, that that Paul challenged them on. He challenged for those that are on the authority, under authority, to obey, and for those that have authority, to encourage. Just like. It is hard for us to love those that, have, that we have authority on because we forget. We often can also get used to them, so we forget to encourage them. 
We are not intentionally following up with them. We're not intentionally in caring for their needs. And often we just, we just expect obedience. We just expect them to do things for us. And Paul is reminding the parents here, say, hey, don't just expect your kids to do stuff. Don't just expect your kids to be obedient to you. Although that's what they're called to, to have obedience towards you. Don't just expect that. You must encourage them. Don't do stuff that will discourage your kids. And then to the kids, he say, obey your parents. Now, the, I feel for me personally, that's the hardest one because I tend to be someone that I like, I appreciate, I know what I like to do. And when I know what I like to do, I want to do it. And if someone disagrees with me, I am quickly to just push it on the side. I have that tendency. And for me, when it comes to relationship and when it comes to people that, are, that have authority over me, that is a, a, an area of challenge. But Paul is reminding the people here, the children here, that even though you may think you're right, even though you may think that you know best in your parents, your calling, your responsibility, your rule, and we talk about, we use the word rule because it's not a suggestion. As you read here, Paul is not suggesting this to them. He's expecting them to do this. This is the expectation. It's that for the children to obey the parents. And I think back, uh, just a funny story. I was like six years old back in the DR. My, uh, I wanted to go play baseball on Sunday, miss school, I mean miss church. And my mom didn't want me to miss church. So I got mad and I was throwing a fist. And finally I said, you know what, if you don't let me go to, to, to baseball on Sunday, I'm going to move, I'm going to leave the house. I'm going to, uh, what's the word, you uh, get away? Run away. Run away, yeah. And she's like, all right, fine, then run away. I said, oh, okay. So then I go to my room, I grab a backpack, and I start pulling my, her clothes in there. And she's like, what are you doing? Those are not your clothes. You didn't, pay, you didn't pay for them. Those are my clothes. I just let you borrow it. And I'm like, okay, then fine. Like, I'm not going to take it, right? And then she's like, actually, so you know that I'm nice to you. I'm going to let you keep that clothes that you're wearing because that clothes you're wearing is actually mine. And I could make you just take it all off right now. And I'm like, no, no, that's fine. Like, like you know, whatever. So then I, but I'm still mad. So I ended up leaving, right? I ended up leaving the house and I walk and I'm like, walk one block and I'm like confident. I'm like, man, I'm a, I have my life plan. I know where I'm going to go work. I'm like, I have all that. I'm six years old. I do walk another block and it's like, man, this is beginning difficult. And then another block and there I'm like, Man, I'm getting a little bit hungry. It's like, I got no money. Like, what are we going to do? So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go back. I'm thinking my mom is going to wait with me with open arms, right? She did always wait for me with open arms, but with a, you know, a belt on the one hand because she was ready to, you know. So I learned. But, you know, the reality is when it comes to relationship, we have a hard time obeying those that have authority. Like we may obey in the sense that we may do what they want us to do, but inside of us, like internally, we're not really obeying because we're not doing it out of a good heart. We're not doing it because we mean to. We're doing it because we have to. And what Paul is reminding this, this children here is like, you don't, obedience is not an act of you have to. It's an act in your heart that you do because you want to do it. You do it because you know it's the thing that you're called to do, not because you have to do. And there's a difference there. And when it comes to relationship with people, when you look at that list in your, that you have there, how have you been dealing with them if you are someone that you have authority over them? For those of those that you have authority over, are you encouraging them? When was the last time that they were encouraged by you? If I were to pull them out today and ask them, hey, this guy or this girl, hey, how are they encouraging you? I mean, they're supposed to be your leaders. 
They're supposed to have some influence in your life. Have you felt encouraged by them? If not, you know, that's something to consider. Same way here. If I asked your parents, if I asked your teachers at school, if, you, if I asked you, you know, people in your life that have authority over you, and I asked them, are these people, are these individuals obedient to you? Do they trust you? Do they know that what you have set for them is, is for, for their best? Are they obedient? Not because they have to, but because they want to. Could they say that? Because if you really want to honor God in everything that you do and in everything that you say, you have to encourage those that, have, that you have authority over and you have to obey those that have authority over you. And then the third and last one, you guys are lucky, you're going to be done early today. Nice. Maybe we'll play that one song again. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, you see here in verse 22, bound servants. Obey in everything those who are early, early masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work hardly as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoers will be paid back for the, uh, for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, Treat your bound servants just fairly, justly and fairly, knowing that you have a master in heaven. So here now he, he, he goes and, play, and points his attention to the masters and servants. If you think about the, the culture of the time, it was a Roman culture, and you have the, in, in, a, in a typical Roman household, what you would have, you have parents, you have children's, I mean, you have husband and wife, you have parents and children, and then you have masters and servants. This was something that it was normal then. We may look at this today and we may say, oh, masters and servants are not a thing. And like we said earlier, just because we are not directly relating to that doesn't mean that the principles are not areas that you and I can apply in our life. Because believe it or not, the principles of a master and a servant are just as valued as the principles that you need from when you're talking about your boss and you as an employee. Or in general, when it, for that matter. And hear what he says. For those that have authority, you are to treat those underneath you fairly. Yeah. And then those that you have authority over, you have to, what's the word, uh, work hard. So you have to, so he says, you have, for those that you have authority over, you have to be fairly. For those that you have authority under, you have, you have to work hard. Now look what he says in verse 20, 24. Because when I read this verse, even today, I was like, shoot. I'm like, oh no. He says here, knowing, sorry, verse 23. Whatever you do, work hardly. Work hard. As for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You know, what Paul is saying here, he's telling them, it's like well, everything that you get to do, absolutely everything, you're doing as if you're doing it to God. As Christians, if you are a Christian, whether you want it or not, you are an ambassador for God in this world. You are God's representative. Someone said that for me. Representative. Yeah. Of God in this world. 
And as such, it is your responsibility to, to, you know, to represent him in a way that is honoring to him. So when he says that everything that you do, you must do it in a way as if you're doing it to God. When I read that, my, I sincerely, like, I, I kind of like skip a beat because of the severity of this stuff. Because this is a verse that I often, more than often dismiss. I'll give you an example. Right now I'm going through school. I'm going through my master's right now. And I am two weeks behind on schoolwork. I am, that, you know, yeah, been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah, you got the whole message. This is the part where you relate with me. This is, I feel that, Eric. I feel that. You know, how many of you are behind school where you don't raise your hand? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I got you. Anyways, so I am two weeks behind, but I'm thinking if I am really to honor God in everything that I do and in everything that I say, and if it is true that everything that I do, I have to do as I'm doing it to the Lord, then even my performance in school right now is poor, is a poor performance. I am not honoring God in how I'm dealing with my schoolwork right now. And to me, when I read that, it's challenging because the call in relational is to work hard, work hard as if we're doing it for the Lord. And then for the, for the leaders is to be fair. You see the train is like love, encourage, be fair. It's because when you're a leader, when you have influence on people, when you're leading people, there is a tendency that you can forget that they are just as important as you. You see, we look at this and the world tells us to look at this this way. That those in authority are more important than those that are underneath authority. And when we look at this, we are so quickly to neglect the love, the encouragement, and the fairness when it comes to those that are underneath us. Because we think that, like I said, they're underneath us, that they're of less value. And we are so diminished, and for those that are here, because we feel lesser than them, we don't want to submit to them. We don't want to obey those. We don't want to work hard because we feel lesser than them. We don't want to do those things despite on them. So what Paul is doing here, and what I want you guys to be reminded is that this is not how it's supposed to be. No one is of more value than anyone, or this is not of more value than this one. Okay. <laughs> it's, more, it's more like this. We're equal. Whether you are in authority or you're not in authority, you're just as important, you're just as equal. And when we view it as such, then we know that because we're equal, I'm going to love those that are underneath me. I mean, oh. Because we're equal, I'm going to encourage those that I get to lead. I'm going to be fair to those that I get to lead. And likewise, I'm going to submit to those in authority because we're equal and I know that they have their best interests at hand. I'm going to obey them because we're equal and I know that they care for me. And I'm going to work hard, not because they are telling me to do it, but just because my me working hard is just as beneficial to me as it is to them. And when we see that this is the, the spectrum, when, when we see this as a reality, then we start working differently. Then we start being in relationship differently. And when we go to that verse in Colossians 3, 17 that says, whatever you do in word or deed, we do everything in, in a way to honor God. And that is why it's so hard for us to, you know, this right here, I don't know about you, at least for me, when I was reading this, this is challenging. It's hard for me. Because I'm so easily, I'm so quick to forget the, the responsibility that I have as someone that is leading and the responsibility that I have as someone that is following people to love, encourage, and be fair, and also to submit, to obey, and to work hard. 
And so when you look at the list of the names in your, in your paper that you have right now, I want you to ask yourself, have you been de- are you diligently doing that with them? When was the last time that they felt love and courage and, and, and felt like you treated them fairly? When was the last time that you, were, that you submit, that you obey, that you work hard for them? How are you doing in those areas? If you truly want to honor and if you truly want to honor God in everything that you say and in everything that you do, then how is that looking in areas of relationship? How are you doing with relationships? And you'll see that when we start viewing authority and those under authority as equal, it will be easier for us to bridge that gap of recognizing the importance that we see here and the importance that we see here. So here's what I want you guys to do. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, and I get get up praying, you guys will be dismissed. But I want you to think through this. I want you to think through those names that you have in 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 your phone. Because those names... Are not, those are not just names, they're individuals. And they're individuals that have been placed in your life for a reason. You may, have, you may think that you chose them. You may think that you are the reason why they're around you. But in reality, you know, this is an act of God. Let's call it that way. God has brought you guys together. And it's for a purpose. And whether you have authority over them or whether you are under their authority, you have to recognize that you have a responsibility, you have a calling, you have a, a way that you need to deal with them. That what we see here, that even though they're not directly spoken to us, that they're not directly something that, like, that is spoken to you directly, there are principles that, it, that we need to consider if we really want to honor God with everything that we do and with everything that we say. So as I'm praying, I want you to ask yourself, I wanted to consider, I wanted you to examine yourself and see what are things in your life that needs to change when it comes to that. For some of you, what needs to change is your attitude. And you're going to have to come to that conclusion that your attitude needs to change. If that's the case, ask God to change your attitude. For some of you, it's just to recognize your role. That just because you're following doesn't mean you're less than the one that's leading. And for some of us, it may just be that we need to put ourselves aside and recognize that others are just or more important than, than ourselves. So as I pray, I hope that you really reconsider through that. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the fact that we can talk about relationships, Lord, and the fact that, you know, you are a relational God, and you have made ways for us to have a relationship with you, Lord. And I pray that we will look at the example of how you send your son Jesus to love on us, to encourage us, Lord, and to treat us fairly, Lord, even though we didn't need it to be treated fairly, Lord. And I pray, Father, that we will look at that example and do the same, Lord. Father, help us to love on the people that are near us, the people that are, have authority over us, and those that, have, that we have authority over, Lord. That we will do everything. And that we will say everything in a way that will honor you, Lord. Help us to do that today and every day of our life. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Good morning and thrive. (laughs) Yeah.